If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. Guys, week three is wrapped up. And me and Lou are here to do our impressions. Kev is not going to be with us tonight. He was feeling a tad bit under the weather, and he's not going to make the show. But Lou, after three weeks, I feel like this is almost the proper time where you can start to really see what teams are going to be in the NFL. You'll know who the contenders are. You know who's going to be good. You know what teams you know will, will be around the middle of the pack, but will have to show more to prove what they're going to be. And then you know your horrible teams. Fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's clear at this point. But I do think things could change. Like I, There are teams like the Texans where I think are 0-3 that could come back. I hope they don't come back. But I think for the most part, you're right. We kind of have it figured out to the point where we know who's in the mix. No, we definitely do. And the Texans probably got one of the most unluckiest starts to the season um, out of all the teams in the NFL. But, Lou, just through three weeks, I mean, this is what I would really tear it up as for right now. Um, I view Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Green Bay. Those guys are all immediate contenders. The next tier, I'd probably say, you know, this is a consistently good team. But, you know, you still want to see some things improved on their team to be, you know, one of those consistent contender teams. This is Dallas, Tampa Bay, Arizona, New England, Tennessee. Buffalo, the Rams, Chicago starting off 3-0. and So I know that that could be a surprising name in there, but they look good so far if they get that quarterback situation figured out. Indy and New Orleans. So I had the Colts in there too, Lou. What do you think about that to start? I agree with most of them. I don't think Dallas is in that. I think that it's just anybody in the NFC East is just, I don't think they have a chance this season. It's They can't be big teams. They can't be great teams. I think we've seen it. Again, and, and Steve, like you know, if it comes down to Russ or Dak, Rogers or Dak, Wentz or Dak, you know what I mean, Lamar or Dak, I, I, I can't take Dak in any of those situations. I really can't. Me and Steve called it, though. The Rams are back. They're legit. They got an unlucky, an unlucky loss, but they came back for us a good Buffalo team, dude. Steve, we hit the nail on the head. That's a talented team who's going to win games. They definitely will. And, Lou, I definitely feel you with Dallas because their defense is, I mean, piss poor. But that offense, you know, really finds ways to keep them contested in games. Now, we saw how many points they scored versus Seattle the following week with Atlanta with all those second-half points. But I definitely feel you. Before we start breaking down some of the, the games and so on, just still got some teams that I think we can clearly classify as horrible. And then there's clearly some teams um, that got to show more but are pretty much right right around the lower end of the league. It's Miami, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Washington, Minnesota, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Houston, Detroit, Chargers, and Carolina. Um, and there are some exceptions in there, like we said, Houston. Vegas is 2-1, and one, but I feel like they haven't really shown us much and seemed like much of a threat, if you know what I'm saying. And I guess you can argue the same thing for like a Cleveland and Washington. But it's really hard for me to you know, feel that Minnesota is a, a 500 team or better right now to start the season. I'm just really not figuring it out. Um, and then as far as the horrible teams go, I, at least for this year, I mean, I, I think all these teams are set in stone to, to probably be a top 10 pick. Denver, the Jets, the Giants, Cincinnati, Philly, and Atlanta. Uh, Lou, any disagreements there? The only one I wouldn't put in that category is San Fran, just because they. I think they have a top five coach in the league. I think Nick Mullins isn't a bad backup, and I, and I that system works too. Like they're gonna be fine without Jimmy. 
and Kittle and Bosa for a while. You know what I mean? They can win those 50-50 games. But yeah, Steve, I think you're right. The rest of them, it's just ready for the draft. It is what it is. Who's going to get Lawrence? Who's going to get some defenders or O-linemen out of the draft? They're already planning it now, man. And Atlanta's I don't know, man. That that's a different story, Atlanta. I I feel so bad for them. And and the Jets are the worst football team I've ever seen in my life. Worse than the uh, the Owen sixteen Lions. I, I really believe that. Yeah, I think Dan Ovlowski believes that too. Uh, he was going back and forth with Rex Ryan today uh, about which team was worse. That that's definitely a, a debate you can have there. Um, Baloo, a, a team that you know usually is. You know, one of those bottom barrel teams is the laughing stocks. I wasn't expecting this, but the Bears are 3-0. and uh, What do you think of them, and how do you view them going forward, especially with Foles? I think they'll be hot to start, and then I think they're going to fall off precipitously. He's never started more than 11 games in a season. He never will. They don't have Tariq Cohen. The defense is solid. And A, you know what I mean? Like, Steve, the game versus the Giants, they let the Giants walk right back into that. The Giants could have easily won that game. But you know what I mean? They didn't. And and then they played Atlanta, the the, the team in, in all of NFL history that is most known for blowing big leads. And they did it. So I think a lot of it's fortune, Steve. But you know me, I, I think Nick Foles is an absolute sham job. This dude's good for seven games a year. And, and when he surprises you, they were looking at Trubisky the whole game. Foles comes in, they give him different looks. And I know he's worked with Nagy in the past, and I think that could bring out some of the best in Foles, but I still think the best Nick Foles is a 15th to 16th best starter in the NFL. So I think they're good, Steve. I just don't think they pose any threat in that division to Green Bay. I I think you would agree. No, I definitely do. I mean, I just don't really see that they have the running game, but I will say their defense has held opposing offenses to very low scoring points. I think we, we do expect that with the Bears. It's just a matter of if their offense can keep up. And Lou, I I think the Foles transition is the right way to go. We know that he's the more polished passer. Definitely not a a crazy improvement. Like I think that 15th to 16th range um, might even be probably a a little generous even for Foles, depending on on who's playing where, um, you know what I mean? But but not not so much. I didn't think that that was a bad place to stop. But I definitely think that that's higher than Trubisky. And I, I think the team really felt that as soon as he came in. And I feel like Nagy might have even felt a little more confident in that too. Uh, so who knows if that was, you know, the front office and the Bears really just making the pick and wanted that to, to really be their guy um, or Nagy's call. I mean, I'm sure he would have some last-minute say on that. But either way, Lou, you were talking about the – the Bills in in the Rams game earlier, we saw the Bills come out early in the game and gain a big lead, and then we saw the Rams have have twenty nine second half points. What was more impressive? Because I I feel like I wasn't expecting either of those two things to happen. I would say the Rams second half, uh, just because you're on the road versus up to that point, Buffalo was the best defense in the league statistically. Um, they're all around great. They have one of the best young coaches. I feel like Sean McDermott never gets his due as a coach. You know what I mean? Josh Allen was written off as a – I thought he was the worst QB in that draft class. Now I look like a fool. But, but no, I think the Rams are slightly more impressive. Just because to put 29 up and a half on that good of a defense and almost come back and it takes a, a great play from Josh Allen, which also had a missed penalty call on it as well. But I thought it was a great performance from both of them. And, and I, I put them in kind of that same category, Steve, where they're both very good teams, like you said, but they're not quite there yet, but have ultra talent. 
For sure. And Lou, this could be a crazy take. I don't know how which way you're going to go with this one, but Josh Allen kind of reminds me of a, a very vintage Cam Newton. Obviously, you could say that he has a, a way better arm. His arm talent is light is probably better than Cam's, especially when it comes to that deep ball and how far he could stretch it down the field. Um, but his style of play, how they change their offense in the red zone and all that stuff, I, I really get that vibe. Yeah, I could see that. He's not as good of a runner as Cam is, but I think he knows when to get out of the pocket. I think Cam was a better um, just precision thrower, and I think Josh Allen's getting there. Like That was his big knock because he can't throw accurately downfield, which is obviously not true all the time. But I could see the similarities. He reminds me of if Big Ben could move. You know what I mean? If he could do that, because he stands tall in the pocket, just rifles it over people. But he, I think he is the first Josh Allen, though, because he is pretty unique. No, no, he definitely is. And it's interesting to see how all these young guys come in um, and really show off their, their talent. But, Lou, we were talking about this Minnesota team earlier. Are the Vikings really that bad? Like, I, that, that's just got to be the first question we got to figure out. No, I think it's just an off year. I think we've seen this happen in the NFL lots of times where a team that comes off a big season after they had that great showing versus the Saints in the playoffs – a lot of injuries in the secondary. They didn't really add a ton in the offseason. They mostly unloaded. Trying to work a rookie wide receiver who was great the other day. And still, the O-line's not great. They drafted a couple of O-linemen over the past few seasons. Hasn't really panned out greatly. And, and we both said this about Kirk Cousins for a long time, Steve. He needs help. He cannot carry and will a team to wins consistently. He needs that help. And I don't think they're giving him that help. And I mean, I do blame Mike Zimmer to a point because you've you kind of been doing the same thing for three seasons now, and, and everyone kind of knows what you're going to do when you're in a tough division. You had a tough schedule. I think it's just been mostly unfortunate, but they do have to tweak some things. But I do not think it's a bad team. I think they're in the same boat as the Texans, unfortunate. I feel you on that because I don't think they're that bad of a team either. But comparing them to the Texans, I think they definitely got a more winnable schedule of games to the first three weeks than Houston did. But I still feel that the Vikings can finish around that 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. I feel like they're a very streaky team, and once they get going, get one win. They'll sneak a couple in the division, you know what I mean? They'll probably split with the Bears. They'll probably take two from the Lions with the way they're looking. But I'm happy that you mentioned the help when it came to Kirk Cousins because we saw the Vikings' first-round pick, Justin Jefferson, explode for a big game. Do you think that he's here to stay? so that there can actually be um, another receiver alongside Adam Thielen that's an actual threat? Yeah, I think he'll get more of the bombs that Kirk Cousins throws while Thielen will be the one in the safety net. But I do think he'll be very explosive this season. Again, I want to think he'll have 100-and-something yards every single game, but I do think he will be an absolute threat that people have to watch. I mean, Dalvin's great, but, I mean, they have no third receiver, and their tight end game has always been weak. I mean, Kyle Rudolph's okay, but – they haven't improved in three years at the tight end position. I mean, Irv Smith can block, but that's not really the guy you want out there stretching the field. So, yeah, Steve, I think he could be there. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I think I'm still tentative on him, but I, I do like Justin Jefferson a lot in that system. I feel you. In 12-team, 14-team leagues, I think you definitely pick him up. I mean, if he does end up materializing into a, a solid number two, receiver for the Vikings that could possibly be a wide receiver three but in, in 10 team leagues I don't think that he's anyone that you can 
you know, really fit on your team there. I do think he was a first-round pick for a reason, and they do probably have big expectations for him. Um, but I'm definitely not expecting over 100 yards every single week like we saw this week. But, Lou, moving into one of your games of the week, Pats and the Raiders. The game was really weird, but three lost fumbles was the difference. We saw the Patriots running back, Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead have big games. Yeah, it was it was one of the sloppiest football games I've ever seen in my life. Just awful on the Raiders part. John Gruden is the least disciplined. John Gruden-led teams are the least disciplined teams in the NFL every time he coaches. They should have been up 10-0 on the Pats, multiple offside calls. They got one awful pick from Cam. He just gifted them that. But I thought the Pats' D looked very good. I still think their offense, Steve, even though they ran for that many yards, I just think, man, they do have a hard time stretching the field, and there's no way Sony and Rex get those type of holes every game, man. It's just they do have to get more consistent. I like the Pats' D, Steve, but I do think they're – one of the weaker two and one teams. I don't know if you would agree with that, but it's tough, man. I just don't trust Cam to throw it 30 times down the field consistently without making those bigger mistakes versus a team better than the Raiders. And like you said, Steve, at the beginning, the Raiders are a little bit of fool's gold at two and one. It definitely is tough because when you look at team, look at look at who the Pats played so far with, with Seattle and the Raiders. Miami and then the Raiders. Yeah. Like, Seattle's defense really isn't playing, you know, that great either where you would be surprised that they let up points. I mean, look at what they did this week to Dallas. And and Dallas is in that NFC East, those teams that are being not really talked about that great right now. You know what I'm saying? In the Raiders, I I feel like that that could possibly be another defense that wasn't that great. And, yeah, they showed up versus Seattle, but they didn't really – um, show up to that same extent. So it's just like you take away that deep ball from Edelman in that Seattle game. And is this what the offense really looks like? You know what I mean? Take away a couple of those flashy plays. It's still a lot to wait and see. I think Kevin's statements on 12 and four for the Pats, I, I don't think that those are real expectations to have. So that's why we tell you guys not to listen to him. We're still talking about the same winnable games for the Pats around like that that 500, uh, a couple of above, right around there, Lou. You know what I mean? I still think that that Buffalo is probably the favorite in, in that division right now. Yeah, I agree. And they're only minus, uh, only plus seven versus Kansas City. I think that's extremely generous in Kansas City. They, I don't think they can throw the football or I don't think they can hold up a running game versus the defense that Kansas City brings if that's who shows up. I, I really do think they're going to struggle versus the top tier team, Steve. And I cannot wait for them to play Buffalo. Because like you said, Josh Allen does remind you of Cam. They both have great defenses, and it'll come down to who limits the turnovers. So that's a matchup I can't wait for in the near future. Yeah, I, I wish we saw, you know, one of these Buffalo Pats games early because, I mean, this is a year of, of all years that we're really anticipating it. When we were just talking about the Pats, we mentioned Seattle. And let's just talk about the bad man that Russ is. He has 14 passing touchdowns in three weeks. I mean, I know we've been saying all off season. I mean, it's been out there that he hasn't even got an MVP vote. And I know people are going to be pushing that narrative a lot more often now than not. But it's just like so astonishing that he really hasn't and he's this good. Like, it's crazy, honestly. Think about like, add that DK Metcalf touchdown that got taken away because he fumbled. Add that to the stat sheet, too. I mean, Jesus, he's looking, he's looking past Mahomes' records that he said a couple years ago. The best 
player on the planet. I've said it. I've said it. And this is the difference between him and Mahomes, and I'm not here to shit on Patrick Mahomes. But when the, all the chips are down, whether it's on the road, at home, in bad weather, good weather, post-throwing three picks, post-a-drop, post-a-fumble, if anybody gets hurt, if someone goes out, it doesn't matter. He finds a way. There's not one thing he cannot do. There's not one thing he can't do. They can't catch him to sack him. They can't get him outside the pocket. When he's in the pocket, he's laser accurate. He's 5'11", but he throws the best deep ball in the game. I mean, Steve, he's the best player on the planet. It is close, but he's just a different breed right now, man. And if he doesn't get majority of the MVP votes, I will strike the NFL. Who's it closer with, Lou, Aaron Donald or Patrick Mahomes? Because Aaron Donald had a crazy performance Sunday, too. I'd say Donald, but that's just me. I feel you. Some people won't go that way because the defense, but but we know that that we share love to the defensive side here. But, Luke, in that game as well, though, that Seattle game, Dak did look good. We know that that offense, they're always going to have a bunch of yards. Uh, they're going to score a lot. But you just can't really take the Cowboys serious when they have a defense like that. But I think Dak is uh, really going to earn his way to, to get a big contract this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's solid. It's just, I mean, the defense was bad, but I mean, he did throw a, a big time pick at the end of the game. And, it, and it's just Steve, again, the, the guy was a late round pick for a reason. And, and I know Russ was as well, but there's levels to this game. And I think, Steve, he's just in that tier below the elites. And I think that's what it is. They got to help him out, Steve. But he will be worth a contract. He's a very good quarterback, he's a great leader of men. And I do like Dak Prescott. All right, Lou. Now we're going to shift to our last couple games, Sunday night, and we'll just touch upon the Monday night game that that just finished. Do you think that we're going to see, you know, the Rodgers of old for a whole season? Through the first three weeks, we've really seen it. We were questioning, I personally was questioning at least, if we were going to see it again versus the Saints without Devontae Adams. And he showed up and, and balled with Lazard. What do, you, what do you think? What, what, what are we expecting for Aaron Rodgers? Them and Seattle, I think, are the two best teams in the NFL right now. But, man, the defense plays well. I do think, Steve, I've been saying this for years, I do think the Saints defense is extremely overrated. So I do take this with a grain of salt. Uh, but he looked great, man. He's precise. He looks happy. That's the biggest thing. He looks engaged. He looks like he wants to be there. That first year tension with the floor is out of the way. They're opening the field up. He looks like when they run the football, he's loving it. He wants that off his shoulders for a play or two. He trusts everyone around him. And the wide receivers around him have developed as well. You can't say Alan Lazard hasn't gotten better and Valdez Scanling hasn't gotten better as well. Still do think they did him dirty by not drafting him another wide receiver. But, man, when Devontae's back, they could have put up a 50-burger on, on the Saints realistically if he was there. Easily, Lou, easily. And I'm happy you brought it to that, too, because my next question uh, with these teams, in the NFC, I, I know you just said that the Packers and Seattle are probably your two best teams in the NFL. Just as far as, as contenders go, we know that the Saints are talked about as contenders. Do you view the Packers as more of a serious contender than the Saints? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have been saying it. Drew Brees is shot. He's shot. The guy throws it 10 yards and he shakes out his arm. It's just, I've been saying it and I'm not going to tell everyone I told you so, but I did. 
It's just when he doesn't have everything perfect for him, it doesn't work. Oh, well, oh, well, you know what I mean? He never had weapons at this time. And this dude, he's got Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, one of the best head coaches of our generation, and supposedly a very good defense and a good old line, and a quarterback that comes in every 10 plays to relieve him. And, and you know what I mean? I just, I'm just done with these excuses for Drew. I don't think their secondary is good enough. Uh, even though they have Malcolm Jenkins now, I still don't think he was enough. And, and I don't think Drew Brees can carry them through it. I, I just don't. I think Rodgers is better than him at this point. I think their offense is more dynamic, and I think they have an overall better defense. And that's weird to say, you know, but I think it's true. And, and division is tough. Tampa will not be as easy the second time around, especially now that they have a lead in the division. Oh, definitely not, Luke. If Tampa gets going, I feel like they can be a scary team down the stretch because I wasn't expecting them to start clicking. I mean, I know this week they did play a, a Denver team that's very banged up. Um, another big injury to that defense, Jarrell Casey, out for the year. But, I mean, they they really start to seem like they're getting on all cylinders. I mean, the only two passes that they threw to Mike Evans on Sunday, because they were the only two passes that they need to, um, were one-yard touchdown passes. So they had no problem getting up and down the field. It's just a matter of keeping Godwin healthy and getting that running game ready to make a deep stretch. I said before the season the Colts would be – a top 10 defense in the NFL with three weeks in. We're there. Two pick sixes on the Jets, three picks total, two sacks, tons of pressure. Xavier Rhodes is the highest ranked pro football focused corner this season. The roads are closed, Steve. They're coming. And I will guarantee you, guarantee you, Nick Foles is getting picked off on Sunday. The roads are closed. Lou, that saying's been in the vault for a couple of years now. But but you could definitely bring it out and, and use it right now, especially after the performance they had. Guys, that wraps up our week three impressions. Um, there was definitely a lot going on throughout the week, and we're getting ready for a week four. But, guys, before week four gets here, make sure you listen to our week four fantasy rankings. Make sure you listen to our week four games of the week. We have our NFL accolades coming up. Um, so you guys definitely going to make sure you hear that because you're going to want to know who we have as our MVPs, offensive rookies, coach of the years, all the yada yada. You guys know the deal. Um, and our articles are back. So make sure you go to sandbox.net and check out our two newest articles. Uh, all you fantasy football guys are definitely going to want to check out the waiver wire one. Um, and for all of our Boston Celtics fans, we know that that was a sad finish to the season. Um, but definitely looking forward to next year, guys. Leave us that five-star review for the podcast. We out. Yeehaw, for the shoe.